Okay, so hi everyone and welcome to our podcast, Sensational, the Special Educational Lead Podcast, which is brought to you by Witherslack Group. You may have noticed that our little podcast has been undergoing a little bit of a makeover of late, but as always, the content um, providers will stay the same and the aim is to provide advice and support to parents and carers. With this podcast, we hope to celebrate neurodiversity, empower parents and carers, strengthen our children's superpowers and of course, acknowledge the heroic efforts of neurodiverse families across the country. My name is Claire, I'm the events manager for WITSAC Group and I'll be hosting today's session um, which will focus on something that can have such a big impact on our day-to-day lives and that is managing sibling relationships. Um, this of course is a balancing act at the best of times but when we consider um, one, maybe two or even more children um, with neurodiverse condi- conditions in the same household, that balancing act can become all the more difficult to manage. Um, and so I'm delighted to welcome our guests to the podcast today. Um, they'll be guiding us through our topic and offering some advice along the way. So today we are welcoming Emma Weaver, Director of the MEU Service for the ADHD Foundation, and also Samantha Owens, who is a parent, neurodiversity advocate, and works for the Home Office representing diversity, in- inclusion, and well-being. So um, now that I've given a little bit of an introduction, um, but before we continue on with our questions, would you guys like to say a little bit about yourselves and tell us about your work? Emma, maybe you can go first. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everybody. Hi, Claire. Hi, Hi. This is a wonderful opportunity. I like that we've moved into podcasting um, and another (laughs) layer of support and another layer of technology that we're using. Um, I think it's great. My name's Emma. Um, As Claire said, my role, I work at the ADHD Foundation and my role is to work with our youngest group of children. I'm the director of the early year service. So my job, I well, I love it. I work with our little ones. I go into um, early year settings, but I also work as part of the national training team as well. So my job is to work with parents, professionals, anybody really that will listen and will support us in our celebration um, of neurodiversity. So I'm really excited to take part in this session today. Great. Oh, thanks, Emma. Okay, so over to you, Sam. Hi, Claire, Emma. Thanks very much for having me here today, Claire. I am mum of three children, one of recently um, diagnosed with autism, although I've been fighting his corner for many years. Um, I work for the Home Office, as Claire said. In my role, I'm fortunate to be able to help promote change on the platform of diversity, inclusion, and closely linked wellbeing. Um, In my limited spare time, I have volunteering roles. Um, I'm school governor and more recently, moving sideways, I support parents on the neuro pathway and hence why I find myself here today. Very busy, both of you very busy ladies. Yes. (laughs) Um, So that's wonderful. So thank you both so much for being here. Um, So moving on now, we'll get going with our topic. So managing sibling relationships, I mean... What a what a juggle it is. I mean, Absolutely. from a personal opinion as a mum before, I have got like my page clear, ready to take down plenty of notes about all the little pearls of wisdom I'm sure you're both gonna offer us today. Um so on with our questions now. Um so first off, I mean we'll go into everything in more detail throughout our conversation, but to begin with. What would you say are the stepping stones or building blocks for successfully managing sibling relationships? I think, Claire, that it's a great question and a really useful question for us to start with because I think 
it's all about the foundations of of the relationships and once we've got those foundations right and uh, you know each child and each sibling feels listened to and heard then yeah you can then build from that can't you so thinking about that developing understanding of neurodiversity within sibling relationships it's the establishing the relationship first before we're able to do anything like that mm. I think one of the starting points and Sam I, I, I don't know if you'd agree with me but one of the things that I think is really important when we're reflecting on you know siblings especially if there's more than two or three in a family that actually the importance of providing individual feedback to each child absolutely yeah I suppose that need for each child's positive behaviours or accomplishments or things that they've done really well each child has is acknowledged for that um, mm-hmm. You know, so that there is a focus on the individual, and not as the collective, I suppose, as the group. As yeah. it's about the individual mm. as well. Definitely, with this podcast chat in mind, um, this past week has actually also made me realise all the things we actually do as parents to manage that day to day smooth, yeah. smooth ship sailing of um, sibling relationships, um, and the amount of little interjections you have to have to prevent, you know, volcanic eruptions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but for me, I think really um, when at home it can get intense, can't it? So yeah. to get outdoors, do an activity with them, that also helps them build bridges between one another. Um, and, yeah, if you have a plan of attack as well. Yeah, helps. I think that makes such a difference. I know that if I get out, like, first thing in the morning yeah. I, with them, Absolutely. you know, just changes the whole feeling of the day really I think definitely some steam and then blows yeah. cobwebs away as well I say to mine as well you, you look you're stuck together so let's just try and stick together <laughs> that's really nice that's <laughs> good that you know, nice <laughs> thinking about it isn't it in the sense that actually I'm not work on this yeah be a life doesn't now. always work <laughs> yeah at least a long time that we're going to be spending together I think that outdoors I've got I've got a real passion for outdoors and kind of how outdoors allows for teamwork in a way yeah. that indoors always doesn't always allow for yeah, you know, yeah. outside I, I was I've got niece lots of nieces and nephews I'm really lucky and I took um my sister's two out um a couple of weeks ago and we went river walking um mm. interesting really? yeah mm. a three-year-old and a six-year-old yeah fleet was to see them too even at those young ages really supporting each other and yeah you know, definitely each other yeah, yeah. and definitely. that outdoor environment definitely supported and it's that opportunity for that yeah, definitely yeah. yeah definitely i think if you plan as well which i found during lockdown um you know rather than saying right uh, you know right this morning we're doing maths but if you have that plan of attack where they know in the morning what's expected and and then we get outdoors in the afternoon when it's getting a bit too heavy I found I really recognize that in in the lockdown period and it just helps it helps them knowing what's you know what's coming and what the day entails and it keeps that sort of ship together and also seeing each other around the table when they were all working it helps them to stay motivated as well you know and not not turn into chaos yeah I think sometimes if you're and I think that's a great example thinking about times when being I've I'm a twin myself and I remember being being a sibling of a twin with you know with a twin sibling and I remember it being really unfair because we went to different secondary schools and I remember feeling really hard done by that I was sitting in my bedroom doing homework while he didn't have to because his school didn't give him any that and being fuming Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now at thirty-four, still bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. 
that's an old statement, yeah, isn't it? At all. <laughs> but it's that sense of, yeah, you know, doing things at the same time, potentially, or at least yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at the same time to support each other. Brilliant. Okay, so we'll move on now to our next question. So before we begin to look at sibling relationships and how to manage them, we need to consider perhaps empowering the neurodiverse child by helping them to understand themselves. Um, so what can we do to help the child in this situation? I think it's a really important um, part yeah. of a child's kind of experience of their neurodiversity. Cool. You know, something that we're doing all the time in our work and something we, that we promote within all of our parent carer forums and sessions is yeah. the importance of children understanding themselves. Yeah. Um, I've worked in a therapeutic role at the foundation kind of before taking on the uh, early years role. And something that I found really beneficial was talking to children, explaining their condition to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at getting them to ask questions. How does it feel for you? Do you even know what ADHD and autism means? Yeah. Mm. You know, I've worked with with uh, children who have said things to me like I've heard the word, uh, mm-hmm. but I, but I don't know what it means. Or yeah, my mum and dad have said it, or my nan told me it, or my friends got yeah. it. And you know, and actually to empower them by helping mm-hmm. them to understand it. Mm-hmm. And what I love is when they do understand the sense of if we use the strengths based approach to that as well, talking about actually. Yes, there's, there's the challenges, but also yeah. look at these amazing things that you can do. Yeah. And then yeah. Allowing, allowing the child the opportunity to then talk about their, the, the amazing parts of, of them and what's great. Yeah. Then your diversity. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I think if you can arm yourself with that knowledge as a parent first, because um, I think even as a parent and a guardian, you, you're highlighted to it. You're thinking, mm. so then you, you start your research, don't you, anyway? And even podcasts like this, Claire, and, and yours that you do, um, the one, the EHCP. Um, yeah. And all you did was fabulous. It just gives that extra little insight as a parent. Um, but, yeah, I think, yeah, pulling on the strengths, children are growing up in, in a more inclusive world, aren't they? Schools, workplace, yeah. communities. And I think the focus around inclusion of all. So if we can help our children themselves understand, in my house, you know, the diagnosed and neurotypical, um, that people present in all different shapes, sizes, colours, beliefs, and, and they're all worthy of opportunities. You know, um, I help my child to understand his own strengths and, and as part, part of his diagnosis with that, you know, we do make way and allow for uniqueness in him. You know, he has some real fascinating knowledge and, and passions um, that we nurture at home. Um or, you know, as they all have neurotypicals as well. You know, yeah. we've we've got a keen cook, a passionate footballer, uh, a film critique. So it's just allowing them to flourish, isn't it, in their hyper-focused areas yeah. and, and not not shutting the, the neurodiverse one down. It's, it's allowing him that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I also think we are, we're really lucky in that now we're, resources are building, aren't they? There's more opportunities absolutely. to learn. So we're also to learn it, but also for, um, for the yeah. children. And the ADHD platform is, is phenomenal, yeah, along with, with the Slack site. I think there's some wonderful resources to tap into there because as parents, you, you sometimes you can be a little bit lost in the world, can't you, with, yeah. um, with all this new diagnosis and where to go and what help to receive so absolutely yeah and I do think alongside the positives of understanding the uniqueness I think it is important in helping them recognize the sensory 
sensitivities they've got or, you know, we know that anxiety is closely linked. So as much as I do try and focus on the strengths and attributes, it, it's also um, having that that patience and, and helping them understand their own responses, isn't it? You know, so they don't get lost in the world. Yeah, it's about yeah. equipping them as well, isn't it? It's that kind yes, of recognising that anxiety is closely linked. Then let's explore with with our kids what the strategies yeah. are when we're feeling overwhelmed to by them, the toolkit sort of thing to manage. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And even what what's fantastic and what, what I, I'm so impressed with now is so many young people who are neurodiverse are now flooding the social media world with their stories. Yes. You know, we've got um, Josh powerful isn't it it's so powerful I speak to parents day in day out and this might be parents that phone us up at the foundation of older you know children maybe going into their late teens that kind of transition into becoming an adult and actually where can they go to listen to somebody that's not the mum that's not and actually TikTok there's great platforms on TikTok the the ADHD foundation have got then it's all we've got a bit wild with TikTok now we've got Josh Beale (laughs) Is your hip and happening in the yeah. We need to dance. I'm certainly not. And he does does a TikTok, and it's great because it's all about um, uh, psychoeducation. This is what he is. This is how it because it just has be himself. Um, there's also uh, there's a, a fantastic girl called Jess McCabe, and she does um how to ADHD. She's on Instagram and TikTok and things like that. But it's coming from. The, the, the young people young and people themselves. Definitely. And I think that holds so much power when a when a child or young person can listen to somebody who Absolutely. is the same age or gone through the same experiences yeah. and be empowered by that. It's really helpful. And then they can go go on and you know, in their life and their world, and this is how the world can hopefully shape change. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think some of the things I'm just looking at our next question now, but I think some of the things that we've mentioned around social media probably feed into this, this next question, I'm guessing, but following on from like our discussions, then, you know, what would be a good way to introduce neurodiversity to siblings, you know, once you've got the the child themselves sort of comfortable and, and, um, you know, got a level of understanding themselves, how do we go about introducing it to the siblings and what, Important. I suppose that's important. What needs to be considered before sort of having that conversation? I know communication will be a big part of it, but you know, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Um, yeah. Well, um, for me, um, well, even looking back, uh, as much as um, you know, starting at the beginning, as much as the pathway process was yeah. brought with emotions, and um, you know, it was hard to navigate at times, which is why I offer that support to people now. Um, I just, you know, I felt a surge of relief at the end um, and I, I couldn't wait to communicate, like you say, Claire, with, with family um, and obviously, um, you know, the, the, the children in the house. Um, I did take stock. It was emotional. And, um, yeah. you know, my husband and I, you know, we talked, we, we'd speak so much about it together and, and with our son as well. Um, but this gave, you know, a new a new you know depth to it um so we spoke to him about the formalities of the diagnosis um arriving and, and the victory that he could now be understood further from this and the liberation that yeah. had come from this you know he with the correct sub- scaffolding in place is so important for them isn't it because they're just not understood at times 
Um, his siblings, they were aware because we spoke lots about how everyone's yeah. brain is, it works different at home. Um, but we did definitely allow that time to share the diagnosis together. Um, you know, my husband and I decided, you know, we'd do a celebratory, um, you know, takeaway. They could choose what they wanted. And, and that allowed that time around the table to give that sort of um, chats and variable responses from them at, at different yeah. points in the conversation. Because you know yourself, they don't, they don't always come out with, you know, you, you sometimes share big news. Oh, having that time just you know eating and focusing on other nice things gave that that open chat um and you know it's it's very much I try and promote in the house it's it's a difference not a difficulty you know although I appreciate I'm always conscious how a feeling of difference could impact him um but we maintain them check-ins, you know, and, and, and being around for, for him and any of them who want to talk through with it, you know, with me. And like we say, going back to it, I firmly believe if we share the knowledge together, the child, um, you know, the children, the house, they can develop an awareness and understanding to, to embed that future, like we've just said, and, you know, have a collaborative platform in their social circles as well, makes them understand themselves and then you know, with the siblings understand it makes them compassionate when when they're outside yeah. in the world. You know, they recognise um different things that are going on from, from what happens in their home, you know. Emma, have you got anything you want to add to that one at all? I just Sam, I just I think the way that I loved the way that you've used the term yeah. that you talk about, you know, the fact that it's not don't use the term difficulty, it's using the term difference. Yeah. And sometimes it is just the language that we use, don't isn't it? Yeah. You know, it, it, mm. getting into that habit, which can be difficult, depending on your mm-hmm. your experiences as well. I also yeah. think ages of children's important to hold yeah, the you know, I think definitely uh, true. Yeah, true. Because yeah. yeah, he is a little older now. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, I, I obviously work with our little ones, and mm-hmm. we've sent we sent a lot of our sibling work around um, understanding of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've worked with little ones who have created, and these will be the siblings of a child who's diagnosed. And it was if one family in particular, the child was eight, diagnosed at eight, and the sibling was five. And the sibling, what, there was no kind of neurodiverse needs there. Mm. Um, but what he was brilliant at was creating feelings boards for his brother. <laughs> it was, we talked about yeah. how sometimes maybe your brother gets a bit overwhelmed by his feelings sometimes and that our big feelings can take yeah, over. Brilliant. And then this little one created this and uh, off his own back, but it was just, you know, this is what my brother might be feeling like and this is what I might do to help him when he's, when he's feeling like that. That, that was, I think what was needed for the, for the five-year-old brother that was um to a role there was something yeah in that. in that little one that it was like I, I need a job and I think maybe my job yeah. is to do something that's going to make my bigger brother um, yeah. feel better and it, there was yeah. just oh, a really gorgeous that it was a sense of responsibility but not in a in a way that was kind of making him feel stressed by it he yeah. just yeah idea of, yeah which was, yeah. which was really lovely as well yeah Thanks. Lovely, yeah. yeah and I guess for the older ones, like we were saying, you know, using the likes of Instagram and other mm. people who were sharing their stories, you know, that's going to be a key part of it now, I guess, because that's teenagers are all over that sort of thing, aren't they? You know, absolutely. And also, um, you know, we, you can look at the success of people um, who think differently, who are, you know, 
who are rich and famous and you know yeah. they've done fantastic haven't they very well lives yeah. and loads of diagnosis that you know they now share thankfully yeah yeah okay so let's look at some practical things now and so what what sort of practical stuff could be put in place to help promote positive sibling relationships at home you know what would you what would you suggest uh, do you know, I think something that's really important is um, time together, but time apart <laughs> as yeah. well. You know, like right. actually, that you know, time together is is really important. That building that mm-hmm. connection within the sibling relationships is key. And you know, we talked about earlier. You know, being outside can be really helpful. But also for some for some children, and depending on how many children are in the family, having time apart from each other can be a strengthener yeah. as well. Definitely. Particularly if it's allocated time with mom dad mm-hmm. nana, you know mm-hmm. the adult within the family home um mm-hmm. you know special time with that person that's just for me so like mm-hmm. maybe as the sibling actually i'm going to get a little bit of time with my dad tonight and we're going to yeah. go and do something on the xbox or we're going to go and do something out and about but just I, I think it gives the the importance of building relationships but also the importance of the of individuality and then being individuals as well mm-hmm. both strands are important aren't they mm-hmm definitely yeah yeah um we we in our house we at the minute we've been trying to create sort of like um game time you know have that time because you know electronics just take over don't they yeah so away from the electronics particularly at the weekend when you know parents or mum and dad have got a bit a bit more time um but yeah at the minute we find we play we've got cluedo so it's a little bit of a longer game but if we do children versus adults um they're, they're against us yeah. 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 Exactly. especially if they win <laughs> yeah. if they lose don't get me wrong there's eruptions because it's always one of their fault and then we get fighting and then we have to try and make it positive right yeah. <laughs> but yeah I just think that it gives them that little networking together of team building yeah. and sharing their thoughts to each other they can relish in that little that victory together um yeah, and another one for me is try not to compare the three of mine, yeah. you know. Um, and like like you're saying, I mean, uh, celebrate each characteristic and individual trait that, that they have, you know, because um, mine are completely different. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, you don't want to get into the, you know, this is not how your brother acts, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because they are they are different and you know you've got to relish in each of their characteristics I know it's so funny I, I've got twin boys and I'll mention them later on but I mean they are and you know exactly the same age you don't know all the same things but they are totally totally different yeah. like you were saying before and yeah. about you and your uh your twin it, it is it's it's strange how they're all so so different so yeah we, are, we do have to make sure we uh we focus on all the yeah, positive bits about each one, don't we, Faye? So um, have you got anything more to add on that point uh, before I move on to the next one at all? I think, I think Sam's point about, you know, games together and playing together, really, really important. And also thinking about, I I worked with one family and they had a great, a gorgeous idea where they got a jar and each child in the family wrote down something that they enjoyed doing on a piece okay. of paper. That piece of paper went in the jar. And on a Friday or, you know, when they've got a bit of downtime or, or got a bit of family time together, it would be one of the ch- child's responsibility and they'd take it in turn to pull something out of the jar. Now, what I really liked about it was they might pull out their siblings 
and it might not necessarily be the one that they want to do. Um, and that can cause some tricky times. <laughs> but what we're trying to, yeah. I suppose it's getting that across, that that compromise and negotiation and Absolutely. lots of sharing in each other's interests as well, which, yeah, uh, you know, and, and, and accepting that actually this is what your brother might have put down today, uh, but maybe next week it'll be what you want to, what you want to do and the importance of, of that shared time yeah. as well. Definitely, yeah. definitely. The good one, I, Emily, yeah. I think um, we covered, again, a little bit of this. My, my next sort of um, thing to cover in the last question, but I'll, I'll go through it anyway. It's like what I was saying before, I've got twin boys, and then too, when they can totally dominate my attention um, and take time away from my older girls. And, you know, as much as I try, as hard as I may, to try and distribute my time equally, it's just not always possible. They do tend to dominate sometimes. Um, and I have heard that fam- many families say the same sort of thing when there are both neurodiverse and neurotypical, you know, children in the household. Um, so... Can we offer any advice here? You know, are there any strategies to help parents navigate this to try and distribute their time, you know, between them, really? Yeah, yeah, I hear you, Claire, totally. Um, Family life is absolutely everything, isn't it, at points? Um, Yeah. So it's so hard um, to to share your time. Um, And I definitely have, like, one that dominates and then I've got the younger one so he requires more one-to-one and then yeah. he feels so much guilt for not not meeting the needs of the other one it's it's hard yeah but I find in myself if I can organize and plan so if I can like sort of be up an hour earlier which is hard when when you've got yeah. so much to get done but if I can sort sort of pack lunches and I don't know, water bottles dishwasher you know all the mundane jobs we with thankless jobs we don't get noted for um but then it gives the the you know that time then in the morning you know I can sort of help my youngest do his shirt and tie and yeah I'm not sometimes I find myself you know blow drying one of the hairs and shouting out to the next bedroom yeah like you have the instructions for the door yeah. <laughs> you know like, oh this is not how it's meant to be <laughs> so I think yeah if you can be effective in your own time management then you yeah can, you can plan and develop routines around that can't you yeah. yeah. Do you know, it makes me think about sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves, don't we? You know, and you Definitely. think about actually, as long as, as long as they're well, <laughs> like they're fed and they're, yeah. and they, they, they get to school, if they're a school age. And I think something that when I talk with parents and carers in, in our, our parent sessions, it's that, you know, to cut yourself a bit of slack as well. You know, yeah, being yeah, that's an important. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, one of the toughest jobs in the world, isn't it? And I think yeah. sometimes it's that it, we just take for granted the fact that we just keep going and we keep going and we keep going. And actually, sometimes just acknowledging I'm a bit done in here or I'm yeah. exhausted. Or actually, that third child's been really tricky today. Yeah, yeah. I particularly like them today. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually, all parents experience it. And don't look at Instagram. I say yeah. this to all my families. <laughs> Stop looking at what everybody else is doing because I they project the perfect kinds of experiences, you know. And actually, my the classic this weekend and last weekend pumpkin picking is the yeah. thing, isn't it yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
seeing lovely photos of family experiences of pumpkin picking, but I'm also hearing the backstories of like, well, yeah, ended up getting launched across the kitchen. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't want you to go home, but you don't put that yeah. on Instagram, do you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm holding that in mind as well, isn't it? Don't compare. Absolutely. You know, uh, your yeah, absolutely. Totally different to everybody else's. Um, and it's about maintaining you and your well-being as well as a parent, I think, is is so important. That's brilliant. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also it's it's good to give expectations to the children. You know, like, um, you know, at bedtime, it's so hard, isn't it, when you're juggling between three going to bed. And I think yeah. if, if you develop that sort of healthy boundary of, you know, establish a routine and, you know, because it they, we bedtimes were just getting absolutely ridiculous in our house and they were I think it was after some holidays and they were just and you know when we're all locked down it was just oh it doesn't really matter but now and then getting back into a routine was just really hard so I think if you can you know give out what's expected from them as well and and you know admittedly it's never changing and children do push the boundaries but providing that structure and that expectation from them, it helps, doesn't it? With yeah, we all know where we go are. Back to them, we talked about this expectation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's a it's a good point. Um, but the juggle continues, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on now. Um, so there may be some families where achievement and balances between children in the house can lead to siblings having negative feelings about themselves. So, for example, like one child might come home with a certificate for phonics while the other one is still struggling to master it. Or perhaps an older child, you know, is having really successful time in their sport and achievements while the other one, a younger one or another child is really struggling to throw or, or kick a ball at her, you know, at home or, or at school. And so have you guys had any experience of this in your work or life? And, you know, what are your thoughts about how we can support the sibling who might be having those negative feelings about themselves? Yeah, and something that I love, and I've I've heard this, and it's been around for quite a long time, but I really like it and always use it, is sometimes we focus on achievements of the things that our children are, are doing. So, you know, achieving yeah. something that they've learned or achieving a skill that they've developed. And actually just achieving for being is also really lovely. So being a kind person, being, you know, having a lovely smile or being you know, helpful to someone. I think sometimes we focus on the achievement of a task or of a goal, equally yeah. important. And, tax, you know, having those um, goals and, and having children work towards goals and motivating them through goals is really important. But actually also, if our children aren't quite reaching those goals, it's okay to point out what's good about them and that yeah. that's an achievement in itself. Absolutely. Um, I totally agree. I think... Yeah, thinking on that, I just think it's important to create a space of vulnerability. Sometimes it gives less pressure, doesn't it? Um, and I think on occasions, you know, I'm guilty of it. Parents can pressure themselves. Um, yeah. And there's there's so many extracurriculars now, which is wonderful that they've got the options and they can try, you know, different things and tap into to different options that are there. Um, but as parents, yeah, not to sort of force force yourself and them let them yeah. flourish in their in their own time um yeah I totally agree with you Emma, on that one even you know creating cardboard cutouts at home or you know you know you can still take the small wins can't you yeah I, mine are very different in their approaches to learning and um yeah that even their interests are very very different so yeah yeah, yeah. I agree 
Yeah, no, I know. So on to our next question, which I am quite interested to hear the answer to because my girls could be the absolute best friends one minute and then the next minute it is all kicking off. So, um, you know, why do siblings fight? I always sort of think of it as being a negative thing sometimes, but what, what you know, it can be a positive as well, can't it? I'm going to hand this over to Emma because you've got some great insights in this, into this one. Yeah, absolutely. I, and you know what, Claire, I think it's one of the most important things for us to hold in mind that although fighting, it can be one of the most frustrating things in a household and one of the most difficult things yeah. to juggle. Actually, um, if we were going to get scientific and a little bit kind of uh, all kind of specific about it, there is positives to it. And it's from an evolutionary yeah. perspective. Actually, fighting teaches us skills that we need for life, you know, as we get older, skills yeah. to negotiate. Um, and I was doing a bit of research on on the positives of fighting, of, of siblings fighting. Siblings <laughs> fighting, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. And I think one, is, one of the kind of positives that uh, uh, kind of really drew um, me to it was that actually rough play develops emotional awareness. You know, if, yeah. if you are hurting somebody, if you're having a little mm. kind of rough and tough tumble with your brother or your sister, mm-hmm. and actually they say, oh, you're hurting me, you are, or they cry, they, you, you know, the ch- children are learning through that rough and tough play. Obviously, yeah. safety first and making sure that everybody's, you know, safe. And of course, yes. 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 yeah. And it's you yeah. Know, fighting to a point, isn't it? Yeah. But it's also, you know, in some instances, it's it's things like practicing assertiveness and um, learning compromise skills. Also thinking about confidence and yeah, dealing with power struggles. Like I, yeah. I am one of three, and all of us have developed into kind of very, uh, very assertive adults. I think. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you know from our experiences with our siblings, and um, to space. Absolutely, <laughs> I also yeah. think that you develop your sense of humour through that. Yeah, um, and you learn how to deal with negative experiences. Um, and how to manage those negative experiences as well. So, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. And actually, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not. And, yeah I always thought, oh, they're fighting again. And then we did a, a sort of bite-sized webinar not so long ago when Emma sort of discussed the, the, the type of things she's just been talking about. And it's like, oh, yes, I mean, you smell all bad after all. <laughs> yeah. um, Sam, have you got anything you would like to, to add to that at all? Music to my ears, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's good. Um, I don't know. Last night, they were even fighting because we had pizzas to taste, believe it or not, and they were going on about whose is the best pizza. You know, no, yeah. pepperoni's better, no, margarita's better. And I was like, ah, even a... But yeah, I suppose I, I, I you know, I, I do try and turn it around to say, look, um, you know, there's a variance in, in choices and, you know, there's a difference in opinion. It's healthy to have individual yes. pieces. Yeah. You know, if we all thought the same, it would be very boring. So yeah, I think there's building blocks to be had there, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And learn to share the space equally, can't they? Have, have, that, have that platform to be listened and, and heard, I suppose, in, yeah. in a respectful way. Well, yeah, the strength of the character to sort of push themselves forward, you know, with all that sort of confidence building and everything like that. Yeah, so I, I thought that was a, an interesting one, that one. And um, so we're on to our last question now um, of, of our session today. So how can we support friendship and loyalty amongst siblings? And, and how much importance should be placed upon children having their own circle of friends as well? 
I, I particularly like this one because I think it, you know, it is, we talked about it, touched on it earlier on, didn't we, about the importance of being individual um, yeah. and developing your own identity as well is really important. I think yeah. the sense of family and the loyalty within family is really important and the benefits of of being being a brother or being somebody's sister and the importance that that holds, but also that actually to be an individual and to have your own group of friends oh, with your own yeah. set of interests that might be completely different to what your fifteen year old sister's up to. Uh, um, I think I think it accounts for for healthy development of of relationships as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree, Emma. I think um, you know they've got that they have that appropriate age, don't they? And they're less likely to sort of jump on one another and just start an initial argument over something or they they can have that they can learn them rules of respectful conversation with with their own peer group can't they um and have that age appropriate interest and inspire one another and you know they can learn and, and motivate from them similar and i've got like a confidant as well to talk to yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 I, I think the siblings does help sorry there emma I think it does um, help to teach important life skills, you know, to go out and to build friends. So I think, you know, at home, like you say, Emma, it does help with that sort of um, what we were talking about earlier, that social and emotional skill. And also I think it's great, you know, that they are siblings. I do say to mine, you've got a friend there and each other, you know. Yeah, yeah. they've always got that person, like, yeah, behind them, haven't they? Sort of yeah. know that they're going to be there to support them, type of thing. Like I always think that about the girls. It's like you know they'll bicker and and fight between themselves. But you know, like if anyone else tries to sort of I don't know, yeah. not maybe not using a great example here, but say something not so nice to them, you know that the other one's always going to be there to sort of back yeah. them up, type of thing. You know, yeah. um, I find they do that when they're out. You know, out in the big world. Yeah, like I can say it, but you can't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I think is also? Think, uh, you've just maybe sparked a thought in me around role modeling your sibling relationships as adults. You know, kind of so as yeah, you know, for for me and my sister, and for me and my brother, you know, we role model successful sibling relationships to our. The children in yeah. our family. The children, yeah. yeah. We're like spending time with my sister now, and we we do yeah. things together. And, yeah. and you know, and that yeah. actually, as you get older, your your brother and your sister do become people you quite like spending. Well, spending time. It's the people that you like spending time with as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that was brilliant. We got through to the end of the podcast. Great. So yeah, that was really fantastic, and um, so much advice and and experiences as well. Um, shared and so i'd just like to say a really big thank you to emma and to sam and um, for taking the time out to join us today it's been really lovely chat with you both and um, if you are listening to this you are probably already aware of the advice and support resources on the with the group website but if not please do take a look at with group.co.uk forward slash resources um, where you can find a wide range of support materials and webinars and you can also follow us on facebook twitter or instagram and um, so thanks again everybody and um, it's been a really lovely session and uh, you know i hope everyone can join us on another podcast in the future so bye thanks. for now thanks, thanks you guys thanks, thanks for the conversation of inspiration